I have some stats I can just read off to you guys real quick that I think are really, really interesting. Some statistics, you know? Okay. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so 2020, 312 attempts, 1,557 rushing yards, averaging five yards a carry, <laughs> 16 touchdowns, 44 receptions for 361 yards, averaging Cook? eight Dalvin yards Cook. a reception. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. And that is why he is number one overall draft pick 2021. Is he, is he number one? In my book, yeah, dude. dude I will say he, <laughs> he's actually. I've seen more reports about him emerging as yeah. the top, like one of the like number one, number two. So here's the thing: he's passed up Christian McCaffrey. I'm pretty sure he clutched my fantasy football season. I came in first, by the way. Oh, the 2020 yeah, season, I one? Yeah. yeah, and half like I think half the reason your was bell cow being Delvin Cook. I remember so, that. Yeah, I tried getting him from you the entire season, and I wouldn't. Get, I couldn't get rid of him. He was my first pick. I couldn't get rid of Dalvin. Well, I got first pick ever in any fantasy football draft I've ever had this year. We already I know the pick. We already know our pick order. We did our thing or whatever, and I got first. Wait, this upcoming season? Season? Mm-hmm. How'd you do the pick order? Um, well, it, AJ, scrambled AJ, AJ did it. Did it and okay, there's nothing fun. Literally in a bucket. I think for our league, we're going to do something unique to decide. Yeah, we need to. It's right? going to be something where it's, we're not all good at it. Okay. We probably haven't done it before. We're going to get away from the athleticism part. Oh, because great. We're doing Mario Party, aren't we? No. Okay. <laughs> nah, I thought about it, but <laughs> Mario right Party would be hilarious, though. Talking like Nintendo sixty four, yeah, 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 be a full day. That would be. A full I, day. I, I forgot what co- who had the console, but we were playing it. Oh, I think it was Caleb, and we were playing on his console, and like only, you could only get through halfway through the Mario Party game before it just froze every single time. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, and we just kept playing it. Like, I don't know why we just kept like yeah, doing it. Do it again. Yeah, it's like we gotta, we gotta see who's gonna win. Like, kind of like you know, you don't actually know. When the game's going to end. So where is those points, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm, I plan on uh, using my allotted two, two or however many minutes of pick time to just basically spit out Dalvin Cook stats from 2020 <laughs> and then <laughs> explain why this is my number one pick this season. <laughs> that was like, John, we don't, you're like wearing the jersey? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I was actually going to ask you to let me borrow your Christian McCaffrey jersey so I can wear it. And then while I'm giving all these stats... Like people are like, I'm just gonna start taking it off, dude. Just like, oh, it just rip off the Cook, Christian McCaffrey. Dude. Yeah, take off the Christian McCaffrey. Dude, I hate. I mean, I, I got that Christian McCaffrey jersey like Christmas, like two Christmases ago or whatever. Yep. And then the time I actually get to draft him, he's out all season, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then Deshaun Watson gets slapped with a bunch of a sexual assault stuff. Dude. Hey man, you got. <laughs> I got. I got that jersey for like basically free almost. Yeah. Did Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's which is me, good. Doesn't make me feel any better, but so. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed wearing that one. So. But, I didn't get but still. I got in terms of jersey prices. I got the, a great deal on it. The Texans are ranked last in the power rankings. You know, dead, gotta, dead dead y'all, y'all really got to pay attention surprised. to some of those NFL store like sales they have. Because when I got all out sales I, and stuff, because yeah, I got so, one that was like forty percent off if you ordered this much. Yeah, and I was like, I'll buy everyone jerseys yeah. for Christmas. So, <laughs> so John's probably just going to keep getting Dalvin Cook jerseys. What, what, Jake? Do you have like a new jersey in mind that you want? I already have mine. But I can't get a hold of it yet. So I think I'm going to be, I think this season I'm going to be an, uh, a Raiders fan. A Las, a, Vegas, Raiders fan? a Las Vegas Raiders fan. You know, I, I really do. like John Gruden and I like that team. I like Gruden So too, Darren Waller so seems school. like a pretty cool jersey this year. Jefferson is the, I want a away Jefferson jersey so that when anything bad happens to Delvin Cook, yeah. I can like take it off and now I have the So Jefferson for like the jersey. two games he's going to miss that season. Yeah, exactly. I could just, put, I can yeah. sh- I'm, slap on the other champ on that team. I'm getting the Tebow jersey. Oh, oh man. Bro, dude, that's, yeah. that's hot. Like, yeah, hot it one. is. I've, I've already tried finding it. And like, cause like he wasn't even officially announced whether or not he was on the team yet. He's is just, he on the team now? So I don't know. I haven't checked. Like, but like a few weeks ago when I was checking, like he wasn't even announced to be on, he was still going through like practice and stuff. But I'm like, just in in anticipation of him playing. Screw it. Let's just do a fantasy football podcast. And seeing this. this that's this what week, I wanted, uh, secretly wanted to let, do. Let's, do a, let's yeah. do a fantasy football podcast this week instead. No, just, <laughs> yeah. But um, we, we can always, we keep updating people on fantasy. You know, yeah, as, that's as, true. I think we should make separate episodes or a separate <laughs> podcast where could. it's the untapped trader trading fantasy players right yeah, and, and like tra- trading fantasy stats i bet that would get more hits in this this you know, podcast. i've always wanted to have a football podcast and i'm always so all right 
So yeah, let, we could jump into the stocks. Let, yeah, let, yeah. Let's jump into it. Let's uh, let's cover this week, the short week that we've had so far. Yeah, so we're coming back from. Oh, Jake is back. Yep. That's one thing yeah. we didn't have him last week. So yeah, uh, we, I was in Hawaii. You know, Hawaii on the Big Island. No, I was in Kau- Kauai, which is actually deemed, I think, the most beautiful island because of the vegetation. Jake was just vibing. Kauai. He was just Stop, vibing. Dude. Yeah, Jake was just vibing. Oh You're on the Kauai island? Yeah, Jake. Not, been, not used, I didn't use that word once, and I won't ever. Again. Jake's been saying what? mahalo at all since he's gotten back. Apparently, he was born in Hawaii now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, right. I was there for seven days. It's a long time to be <laughs> yeah. out of the continental United States. Y'all can't see him, but he has braided his hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a tribal tat. Yeah, he's got a tribal tat. He only wears Hawaiian shirts. Like, it's... He did that before he left, but he does that even, you know, it's just... More so. He wears yeah, double. So they like double up sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this week, pretty crazy. Lays. Have you all been affected by the drop in the market? Yes. I got... Yeah, actually, what was it? Yesterday morning, I got stopped out of all my yeah. positions. EVgo, that was a, a surprise for me. Yeah. So I, I was expecting a lot Dude. more from it. So, and this is something we can talk about later with lifestyle stuff when we get to it, but the... Me being five hours jet lagged mm-hmm. and like not being prepared. Like I'm not waking up for the market open and stuff. I just put in my trades and let it go through. And I just haven't put in like, I haven't monitored it that uh, well. See, you should, I got wrecked, bro. Yeah. You should have said stop losses. Yeah. Yeah. It's like EV go. I was like, easy. I bought a handful of shares and it's down a lot since I bought but it. I think it's down 16% over the past Since I bought days. in, I've lost 20%. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Stop losses. John and I are out. Yes, <laughs> like we're, yes. yeah. Yeah. So, but right now I'm so far in. I'm just, I'm just going to hold it. Yeah. I'm just going to hold it. Like, I've done this before, and it's actually paid off for me holding when I've been negligent. Yeah, it just means that you... <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, yeah. <clears throat> I've been very negligent, so... Yeah. Well, I mean, one of my long-term holds, for example, like NRZ, like, there's a lot going on there, and there's a reason why, like, the prices aren't... Like, some people are complaining because, like, NRZ hasn't, like, recovered to pre-COVID highs, but, like, what happened during COVID was they sold off tons of assets, but, like, I have a big enough, like, position on it where, like, the dividends alone that I'm getting, like, in one quarter... Has almost covered the losses I've taken like the like the past like month of NRZ because NRZ's dropped like eight ten percent, but I haven't over like, the course of like like a month though. yeah a month and I haven't been I haven't like taken all that like I'm not just like completely negative but my dividends alone this month that we got was able to almost cover my losses on it and it's a long term hold so I'm just holding that bad boy you know same with uh, there's another one I'm holding Noble the ETF. That has like uh, the like dividend aristocrats basically. Mm. So, and that one basically goes along with like the S and P, everything like that. So it's pretty good. But yeah, so the dip. What do y'all think about it? Y'all think it's the end of the bull run? <sighs> well, I think we've been kind of in a bearish territory for a minute now. There's some anomalies that are still happening, but yeah, I would say we're safely in bear territory, and we have been for the last. Well, two three months so, so, so like based on price action the price action has been really good like we were hitting all-time highs on the nasdaq the s&p and the dow so and so like i i personally think that like it's just like standard market tremors volatility picks up again because like there's scares coming out in the market basically the people are making reasons for why the market should drop and that's what i think we're experiencing right now that's my take on it though Wait, you mean people are just making up reasons? The Not necessarily drop? making up reasons, but trying to find... Like, it almost feels like the media is trying to, like, find reasons for why the market... Because if you look at the, like, the the charts, like, they were saying all-time highs, like, pretty overextended from, like, normal standards. And so... And, I mean, we were talking about in the Discord and, like, with other members about how the fact that, like, we, we kept expecting a dip to happen, like, a correction. Like, the S&P went on, like, almost, like, a 10-day run of green days, mm-hmm. which is just nuts. Like, that's just, like pretty like that's a lot of like bullish bullishness around it without any type of like dips in in between that like period of time is like pretty pretty excessive in my opinion based on normal market conditions hmm. i don't know and so, so I, I don't know i think personally this week i think a lot of people saw it coming but they didn't really want to i personally think a lot of people didn't want to buy into it but i thought the prices were getting up too high to the point where it was going to happen i thought it was going to happen last week and it didn't and it pushed to this week and we've had like massive drops and like even though today like what we gave back like almost a percent on the like S and P alone, like that's pretty pretty significant. So you think this is a healthy pullback? I do versus a bearish. I, like I don't I don't. 
I don't know enough yet to be able to like again, I'm not like there's analysts who do this and you know they'll project the market being bearish or bullish over an X, X amount of time. Right. I have no idea, but I I know there's still like there's still a lot of econ- like analysts on either side, right? And even economists who are like this could continue going, you know. Yeah. Now, now John, going back to like you saying like bearish territory, mm-hmm. I think that depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at like Tech. like growth a lot of growth stocks they're they've been getting they've been getting destroyed yep. since this i'm looking year. at the i guess yeah yep. so i'm mainly talking about the overvalued stocks oh yeah so and mm-hmm. I, I think like so I, I from my understanding the overall sentiment is kind of geared around the covid recovery right like as far as the economy goes they're <clears throat> getting people about the jobs that kind of thing and i think this kind of ties into you know everyone's talking about the treasury yields and that kind of stuff and so like what we saw this week was the treasury yield actually dipped so, which is pretty interesting, right? Like that, that, which usually like when the yields are dipping, that's like kind of a, a signal that economic growth is potentially slowing down, or at least that's what the fears are, right? Like, so when, and how it works is with the yield rates, when the, it's kind of like inverse. So when the yield rates are rising, that's because the demand for treasury bonds are falling down, right? So there's not a lot of demand. And so the rate continues to go up, which we were experiencing in the beginning of 2021 uh, and growth stocks were getting like demolished during that period. Do you remember that? Which is odd because usually you would think like when the rates are rising, that would mean that people would be going away from bonds and would be more invested into higher risk, higher reward investments, such as growth stocks. But that wasn't happening. So like now we're getting the inverse again. We're like, yes, we had the, the yields drop. And a lot of the growth was dropping like significantly. Like EVgo, for example, they just shed twenty percent in two days, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, which is crazy because what CLII, they so, were valued higher before the merger. So, oh yeah, yeah. CLI was like what seventeen dollars or something, and well, and I think it was like like you're talking about like the stock price. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I think it was like a lot of sentiment around it. And then the merger like happened, had a massive drop. Or the merger was announced, and then, like, finally EVgo just turned into the actual ticker EVgo, like, what, like a week ago? So... Was that, it's a, is it was it considered an IPO? So... No, it was considered, uh, like, a merger. So, a SPAC. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's how SPACs work. Is like, so CLI was the SPAC that acquired EVgo, and it's just another way for a private company to go public. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's a lot of SPACs that have been popping up, like... Oh, over the last, what, year and a half, right? Yeah, it's been like yeah, it's been like a big year like and a half, huge for, volume of spacs, yeah. and for IPOs in general, like IPOs, spacs, everything, like everything, basically all these companies going public has been massive. Like, I think historically speaking, yeah, the most. But yeah, so I guess my question is kind of going to inflationary uh, topics, and uh, going to along the lines of the idea that inflation is transitory. What are your thoughts? Do y'all still think that like we're seeing transitory inflation? And then what's your take on like the growth? Do you think the growth is also transitory? Define or, can you define transitory? In terms of like for I mean, yeah, just for me. So, so like we've we've seen heightened inflation based on like CPI, all that kind of stuff reported by the Fed. And so the Fed kept claiming that inflation was transitory in the sense that it's gonna go back down to like more manageable levels as compared to us sitting at like four, yeah, four and a half a percent high, high inflation. Yeah, like rate. really yeah. heightened inflation. And then same with growth. And it is kind of like a new topic that people were talking about is, is growth also transitory, right? And you can have like multiple reasons, whether it's like a ton of people were actually saving money during like during lockdown. And then now everyone's able to start spending again and doing things. And so all that saved up, like pent up like money is now like basically entering the markets and it's starting to slow down. And that would be considered transitory because that money is going to stop eventually once people are done spending their money. So that would be like an example of transitory growth. So because like up until like this week, really, there has been a whole lot of talks about, oh, people aren't as bullish about the economic recovery. Like people are starting to think that the growth isn't as strong as what it's showing right now and that a lot of it's going to go away. So do you all agree with that or do you all have like what, what y'all's takes on that? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how, how would the all the stimulus stuff that's been going out, how might that factor in here? Like from the government? Yeah, just in, in terms of like spending too for consumers. Right. So, yeah, so like right now we have a lot of like government buyback, that kind of stuff, and that's stimulating the economy. 
So we have lower rates as well, which stimulates economic activity from consumers, right? Like any type of interest rates, like they're low. People are like, I mean, the housing market's a perfect example. Like there's crazy lows that people have never seen before and the market's gone insane. So, but like, there's no saying that like, that's not going to like peter off. Right. Or that's not, it's not starting now. Um, And then uh, as far as like consumers go, like getting back to jobs, right? Like one thing the government's been doing is a lot of unemployment benefits and a lot of states have kind of like already like nixed that and basically said that like it's not needed because we have a lot of jobs available and no one's filling those jobs hmm. so there's like a variety of factors and different ways you could take it and so yeah that's i think it's a good conversation to have like I mean, one, one one theory i have is that you're right there are a lot of people who all of a sudden had a bunch of excess income they had a lot more time at home and they were finding ways to make extra money with that extra income which I think anybody who, you know, just all of a sudden happens across thousands of dollars, you know, just given to them, I wouldn't just splurge it. I would just, you know, use it to make more money, right? And so, like, I think uh, what we're going to see two things. I see this, like, in the collectibles community, and I, I would see this being the same thing in the stock market. Uh, everyone jumped in the stock market after the big crash. Everyone got to enjoy unprecedented growth, unprecedented highs, and like you just couldn't lose money in the stock market. Same thing with uh, the collectible industry. Tons of people at home buying into all these like you know little niche products and stuff and okay, reselling bye. them like you know months later for a quick turnaround. Like literally, that's what it was. Like you could one month buy you know thousand dollars worth of stuff, turn around and sell it for four or five thousand the next month. It was crazy. And now all that's starting to run into a wall where it's like, it's not going to continue to continue. It's just not going to continue to go up, continue to go up things like they, all of a sudden people are buying things that for like $6,000 that are now only worth $4,000 the next month. And now they're panicking and now they're getting rid of it all. And I think there's like this little, like almost like pullback that's going to ha- that's happening. And uh, I can see that also happening in stocks, you know, people in 2021, they probably haven't had it as easy as they did at, the middle and end of 2020 right so they're starting to not see that same return and i could see a lot of people exiting the market and i'm curious to see what that does like i know for a fact that there are more retail traders today than there probably has ever been and i'm just curious uh how long that goes like i'm i i kind of want to talk about burnout just in general for new traders like you know, what is that like? What happens? How easy does it happen? How to get out of it? Stuff like that. But I see that a lot because I see people who were talking about stocks nonstop months and months ago who, you know, not a word about it today. Mm. And it's kind of like, well, what happened? Like, you know, like, yeah. Well, and I think it's inter- interesting. And like going, I guess before we move on from the, the inflation topic, I think what I find interesting is like, yeah, people are worried because we're losing a lot of, like we're losing government aid in terms of unemployment. But I think that's good in the sense that we're going to send people back to work. Like, if they're, you know, they can't just sit at home and rely on unemployment. They have to get jobs. And it's not like you can just claim, oh, there's nothing, nothing available to me. It's like there's tons of jobs available. We have too many jobs compared to the workforce available. So I think like in that sense, we're still going to have the growth there. I do think when the government starts, you know, pulling back on the aid, it's going to have some sort of negative effect, especially if we can't cover that, obviously. And so like maybe... Right now, it's just trimmers and people expecting that to happen and kind of pricing that in now. But or it could be kind of indicative of like a very slow, like next six months, given that the market has already gone up more than the average for the annual, you know, increase in the market on a regular, you know, on an on average, which is pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so I mean, I don't know, that's just something to think about. There's a lot of like different factors at play. And I, I think, frankly, it's like it, there's too many factors at play for someone to just wrap their heads around every single day and be able to like decide for themselves what's at, like what direction the market's going to go in. So because I mean, I know there's some members in our group who have claimed the market was going to have a massive correction like the past like two <laughs> or three months and it didn't really happen. Like, yeah. you know, like there's been the trimmers, but overall, the market's been remaining bullish, whether that's because of the stimulus is going into it or like the spending and, you know, companies still doing well. But yeah, like I do think you see it like in different like areas such as like collectibles and the housing market where there are these massive jumps in valuation, like in terms of a house gaining like 20, 30, like 20% in value in like six months. That's like ridiculous. It's unheard of. Yeah. Just similar to 
other 20% gains like yeah, and, and yardage. Like name any big season. stock name and they're all heavily overvalued. So I think mm-hmm. at a certain point, like, you know, the pendulum has to swing, right? And it's like no one's going to be buying like heavily overvalued stocks over and over again, well, right? Well, so but it shouldn't ha- be. But. Yeah, and I think it's going to end. It's, it's like the, the lesser fool theory, right? Like someone's going to be the loser. And like, you're right. And like the price is only going to continue to go up so long. It's like in a certain amount of period before someone decides that, ah, like I'm good. I don't want to pay more, like any more for it. Like it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if like the valuation is set where it's like, oh, like in 20 years, it'll be worth what it's currently priced at. Like that's, that's a long time. That's a long time to be holding on to something and ju- just jumping into that and be like, all right, I'm holding it for life. Like, yeah, you are like, <laughs> it's going to, you're probably going to be holding it for 40 years. <laughs> and it's probably not going to get you much. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's interesting. So yeah, I think a correction needed just because the valuation across the board is just like gone through the roof. Uh, and maybe those things are starting to kind of like seep into the markets more so than people expected and maybe happening faster than when people realize But Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, I think we're going to see a, a little exodus of the number of traders out there. And I think that it might, that will probably affect how some of these stocks perform. Yeah. Do y'all want to get into the, the lifestyle? And what I think so. Yeah. I, I guess one last thing on that is just the. I don't know how impactful this is going to be moving forward, but the stupid, the Delta variant. Oh, yeah. That's emerged. I'm just wondering. I mean, like, is that something? I don't know. I think it's something that we should be maybe a little concerned about. Well, I think there's another variant actually in South America (laughs) that is uh, that is just like thousands times more infectious or something like that. I mean, I mean, I think that's a genuine concern. Like, you know, I don't think you will see you know, an initial COVID drops. But I think if these variants emerge in a big way and then countries again are starting to implement, you know, yeah, some Lambda, the Lambda COVID variant. Okay. That's, that's the We're one. Down that, to L. No. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I guess it's from somewhere in South America, but now it's like in the UK and it's like 80% of COVID patients in South America are, are infected with this Lambda variant, yeah. which is like, I'd be interested because I know like the Delta like strain is basically if you had like one of the vaccines, like you were going to recover. Right? That's what, what, they were, what they're seeing from the results is like if you did get a vaccine, you should well, be good yeah. whether or not you get it. Like, right. Like, sure, you might have like a 40 percent chance of getting it even with the va- like with the vaccine. But if you do get it, you're going to fare better than the people who haven't gotten vaccinated. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, because I, I know there's one I think it was maybe Singapore or some other. Uh, some area that is starting to treat COVID like the flu and they're all back in full, like full force. There's no regulations on it anymore. So it's just like, I think that's one thing that a lot of countries might just accept and do, but you know, I think it's something to be wary about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just couldn't imagine the world wanting another com- like complete shutdown, especially since we haven't even, you know, <laughs> you know, like we like barely fully just... immersed ourselves back into society. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, we were not even there yet. Like we've been fully immersed ourselves from, the first COVID vac- like COVID strain, you know? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what will happen if there is another full-blown infection, worldwide pandemic, and everything shuts down again. I think we all know very well what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's probably going to be worse than it would be the first time. Yeah. I'm, I'm also thinking in terms of growth, uh, I, I, don't, I, I think it's going to continue maybe in a lot of isolated ways, like in isolated industries. I think the one thing that this last year and a half has shown is that like the world at large, at least the developed world will change a lot of their practices that are going to push certain industries forward in a big way. And so I, in that sense, I think that could be a sentiment towards more spending, even on the government levels, right? Is, we look at the infrastructure bill that's about to happen and what kind of effects that could have on an American society, right? It's just as, as people and consumers become like more in, invested in this idea of sustainability. I think a lot of that, you know, especially those tech stocks and growth stocks, I think it's one of those things that like we haven't seen them peak yet because sustainability isn't even there. Right. Right. Like you think about all the practices we have on a day to day, it's none of that's present yet. And so that's something I think, especially with like the younger generations that are becoming wealthier, hopefully, uh, that's something that we're going to see is like, that's where that money is going to go into. Mm. That's what I anticipate. 
Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I think along those same lines, like companies that are adopting remote options mm-hmm. are going to do well. Like, I, yeah. I think if it does happen again where we get closed down, like that'd be like where I'd be looking. Like I'd be if we start getting these big scares for all these different strains of COVID going around. I'd be like as a investor, I'd be looking at companies that can sustain lockdowns again. You know, like like you look at a company like USAA and they've been remote, like a largely remote working capabilities for for Adobe. a long time. They have like two main hubs. Yeah, and it's like, it didn't really, like, how much is it going to affect them? Like, they're just going to continue to do their operations. People can work from their home. Well, I mean, uh, you want to have a lifestyle that makes all this sustainable, right? You don't want to be too much of one thing, too little of another. It's all about balance. Yeah. You know, basic fundamentals. <laughs> well, I, I like to think about trading the one when we were brainstorming names for the company it was one of the first ones was what the lifestyle trader yeah yeah and so i like that idea um because i don't know if you're going to trade and move money like this there's a lot of mental that goes into a lot of physiological that i think goes into your ability to trade effectively right if you're a slob and you're lazy like it's going to reflect in your trading just like it would in your work life and so i'm treating this so i like to think of it more like if you had this as a job there are things you want to do to be good at your job and not be and like in this last like this last week, for example, is a really good example for me. I'm like, holy crap, like I'm I'm waking up late, like I was like eating and drinking unhealthily, like in Hawaii. And it was just <laughs> it was just not a compatible lifestyle if I wanted to even even be participating in the market. Mm-hmm. Anything as far as trading, daily trading goes, swing trading, I couldn't even do that, right? Because I was just so out of it with a lifestyle thing. Right. Um, and I think there's a, a and that's always something we've I think we've been slowly pushing like we've talked on different things in our in our different podcasts um, but it's something i want to get into in terms of education is just what are we looking at with like your exercise your nutrition uh, any kind of mental health thing you do that's gonna let you be a stronger more advantageous trader right so so we're gonna go into topics of like lifestyle choices which ultimately could impact your trading investing experience yeah, surface level right now. Yeah. Because I think we can definitely get really deep into this and provide a lot more details yeah, well, later on. Well, John, you brought up stock burnout. Mm-hmm. So what's your... What, yeah. like, you want to define that for us? Sure. Uh, an example. Let's say, you know, Joe Schmo invested a bunch of money in July of 2020. You know, everyone was kind of getting into stocks. You know, he wanted to get in on it too. Found a little bit of success, boosted his portfolio, found a lot of success by the end of 2020. And what do you know? 2021 is coming around and it's a new year. Let's uh, he's he's going to hit trading hard. Like so now he's reading books, he's following articles, he's doing this and that. And he takes a 20 percent dip by February. His portfolio is now 20 percent less than it was in December that he's paying taxes on. And he's like going back and he's trying to recover. He gets that money back. And then all of a sudden he takes another 30% dip, you know, in March. And it's like, at this point now he's like looking and he's like, okay, well, cool. Like, you know, I had 1200% boom in my uh, portfolio. I'm still sitting good. And slowly but surely he's just kind of getting whittled down, whittled down, applying the same strategies that he was probably using, you know, six months ago. And I think someone in that position what I have seen firsthand is I see some form of like desperation and the plays they make and the moves they make end up becoming more and more desperate, trying to get to those highs and those gains that they were receiving, you know, just six months prior, you know, not that long ago. And, uh, I think that has kind of warped a lot of people's mentality and their expectation. So when they're seeing the normal, the market kind of behave more normal, the, they aren't seeing the same, you know, gains. They're seeing possibly more losses because they have a risky, you know, risky habits or whatever. Like, you know, they just aren't using sustainable habits in their trading. And I think that that actually is what leads to, it's almost like laziness that leads to the burnout of, of stock market trading. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I guess to piggyback off of that, like my take on it is this, is in 2020, you could have thrown your money into virtually anything and you would have done well. Yep. regardless of habits things like that and i think that was the issue is a lot of people jumped in and was like oh this is incredibly easy i just throw my money in and it goes up mm-hmm. and they didn't have any regard to like risk like management anything like that they didn't have real strategies and they had strategies a lot of people don't 
stick to them. And I feel like 2021 has been all about revealing a lot of those issues, which if you have these issues and they're affecting your trades and majority of the time it's going to be negative. Well, then, yeah, I think like that burnout's going to kick in because like one, I think it's much more emotional when you're losing and when you're much more emotional, mm-hmm. it gets tired. You get tired really fast. Yes. Like and get tired of like, yeah, effectively just losing. And it's because mm-hmm. of like habits and things that you ne- one probably don't want to acknowledge or aren't aware of. But like if you're someone that's taken like a 20% loss on a trade and you went to that trade, you didn't ex- expect it to go one, go down or two that you'd end up with a big loss like that. Mm-hmm. And that's probably that could have easily been fixed with like a stop loss or something like that or having like a strategy like set in stone that you're going to stick to if the price action played out a certain way. So, yeah. And so what I think is like we're seeing like a downturn in the amount of people that are trading actively on a regular basis because of this burnout. And it's largely because they spent 2021 tr- trying to trade the same like things and expecting the same results that they had in 2020. And a lot of them were like in these massive bubbles and they've kind of deflated. Mm-hmm. And they were the one, like those guys were probably the losers in that situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a buddy of mine who talks to me almost every or was talking to me almost every day about trading and uh, definitely hasn't talked as much recently. And I kind of had a chance to talk to him about it last week. And he was just kind of talking about, it's like, well, I just can't seem to pay attention enough. And I just keep like missing this or missing that or not catching this, not catching that. And it's kind of hurting my, so now I'm just all cash. I'm just kind of sitting waiting until I have time to do it. And it's like, okay, well, is that the problem? Or is it that, you know, you just have to apply a little bit more effort to, you know, make a right decision or even know what a right decision is. And it's like, he feels he just doesn't have the time. And, you know, it's like, how much time does it really take? You know, it doesn't really take that much. And especially if you've nailed down a habit of, you know, setting a lifestyle of like trading and you've embedded that into your day to day, it's almost like something that just comes second nature, all that information that you need to take in to come up with things to look at, you know, targets and strategies charting stuff like that like Hmm. doesn't happen i mean i I just feel like if if you were capable of doing all those things and you were applying those things to all your decisions and trading like you wouldn't be getting burnt out like this and it wouldn't feel like such a time sink you know because how much time is it really taking you know yeah i think it's a burden yeah what's happening i think that's what people feel that yeah and it weighs on you all day and it is emotionally draining of course, that would be emotionally draining. If every decision you made that you thought was the right one was wrong, I mean, what do you do? Like, mm. how hard is it to come up with the right idea if every right idea you had is wrong? Right. It's pretty difficult. And that probably stems from having just haven't really fine tuned your the way to, you know, go about trading stocks. Mm-hmm. But you're probably almost there. I mean, if you're someone who's actively trading, buying, selling options or stocks like. Yeah, I mean, you've already done a lot. You've already learned a lot right there. Now it's just a matter of simply applying it to a lifestyle change where right. you just need to. So, know. yeah. So I think like this, that like what we just discussed mm-hmm. as far as lifestyle choices, I think what it kind of goes into is like, really, it's like a time management thing and like motion, like control, like overall and yeah. like understanding those two aspects. And I think like it was easy in 2020 because like no one had anything to do. So they're sitting all day and they could look at the screens all day and do whatever they wanted. And like, frankly, you could pull up as many stocks as you wanted and throw your money into any of them and you'd be fine. And that doesn't work now because one, not all stocks are doing well at all. Like, you know, there's some that are doing terrible and there's others that are doing, you know, outperforming. And if you're like bouncing around from stock to stock and not able to track each one individually effectively, because now you're going back to work, though, that's, that was just like an unmanageable strategy or approach to the market. Perhaps sloppy or something, kind yeah. of like what you described with how you perform or how you treat your work, you know, how you how you are at work and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, Jake, you, you said like you had you think there's other lifestyle like topics you want to kind of go into? Yeah. And just introducing it. But I think the first thing is how disciplined you are as an individual, right? Because that translates beyond just your portfolio. Um, that translate right it, it, time management is a big one like how disciplined are you with your personal time management what you're doing outside and i think if you're doing you're working on other aspects of your life on a regular basis daily basis right like that's all discipline and action and if you can manage that then that would support your ability as a trader hmm. 
right? And so I'm thinking, you know, simple health, right? Simple exercise. And I won't make this a health podcast, but there's a lot of things you can do that make you more productive and successful as a person on, a, on your day to day, right? Just by changing what you do with three hours of downtime on a daily basis. Um, same thing. It relates to things like your nutrition, right? Like how are you, like, what are you putting in your body and how are you checking that and, and make sure you're like reflecting on what you've been eating um, that affects your energy levels. It Im- impacts again, your ability to focus, which I think is a big one too, is I think we're so distracted by things. Um, and a lot of that relates to your diet and your exercise. Um, and then the last big topic that maybe I'd like to get into, but you, you just think how people approach, you know, challenges. And if you're seeing a bunch of red in your portfolio and it's like killing you inside, right? Like, you're like I can't keep doing this. That's a big challenge that you have to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so understanding how you deal with challenges, you know, outside, you know, outside of trading that, that matters as well. I mean, that's been a big one for me is for a long time. It was red. Even when we started this, I was just like red, red, red. And I showed you, it's like in the last several months, it's like, it's all, it's green, but you see the big dips. Right. And I think that's a big practice and discipline and me facing challenges where even like this week, I took a bunch of hits, like a lot of my gains for the last month are just gone. But I'm like, okay, I've been here before. I think I'm going to see this go back up. Right. And there's things I'm going to do to help that happen. Um, but I'm not at all going to get discouraged because I've seen so much red before. And the next time you go to Hawaii, you might be all cash on your portfolio before <laughs> you actually go for 10 days and not have your phone or see any text messages from our uh, business group or anything like that. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Right, oh, like, yeah. Something I've been really paying attention to is yeah. just right, the thing. Like when I do take big hits, right, it's like I'm analyzing like what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. 90% of the time it's stop loss 90% of the time right now it's yeah. like stop loss yeah. One, like almost 100% of the time and I think that's something that everyone avoided was the whole risk management concept like people understood that there was like an aspect to it but they didn't understand the application yeah and everyone's feeling it like one of one of our newer traders he's been following stop losses constantly and he was up big time and then he just took a huge bullet on workhorse mm-hmm. and he didn't have any stops and I was like dude like that's that's what that's does it. it. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's, when that's what I does it. It's exercise. like one could set you back big time. Yeah, that was my biggest win in the last two months was workhorse mm-hmm. because I knew I was I played it and it was like a fifteen percent gain or something across two days, and I just put it. Then I tightened that stop loss, knowing that it would be very volatile. Mm-hmm. But since then, it's been like two weeks and it's only gone down. Yeah, you know, a dramatic amount. Like it's not even. It's like thirty percent or something down in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Like one of the one of the basic concepts that I always keep in mind is like the like psychological effects and like how big they are. Like in terms of like winning and losing in general, and like the fact that like winning doesn't feel nearly as intense of like an emotion mm-hmm. as losing does. Like yeah. losing, like you know, signifies a much bigger or like triggers a much more emotion, bigger like emotional response. Than winning does. And so applying that to trading, like, of course, you're going to feel way worse when you lose because that's just psychologically, that's what happens. And like when you're, when you're up, it's not like you just, it doesn't really affect you as much, but when you're like winning, that's when you want to be even more careful. I would argue like you want to be like as strict as possible when you're winning. Cause then you're, then you, you might just roll back into like a losing position, you know? Yeah. Well, those are the two sides of the coin. You have fear and you have greed. Mm-hmm. So with fear, I mean, you know, that has its whole can of worms. And then with greed, it, I mean, that can get you in a lot of trouble too. And practicing those, like, you know, emotional, that maintaining those boundaries and not falling into one or the other. I mean, that's kind of the whole dance that we do every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I think for the average person that joined in 2020 to like get involved in trading, I think the biggest thing they could do to save themselves is stop losses like i think i think majority of the people that we know that take big losses it's solely because they didn't have anything in place to get them out of that position like they had no like i think yeah also entry exits i think those are big things that people don't really pay attention to and that's like a normal thing that normal traders that have been in this market for a long time understand like i think one example is and this is speculation like i had a speculation position on workhorse it was a contract but like that being said, that's speculation, right? So like, it's like something I'm willing to risk all of it, everything like that. But that doesn't mean I'm not monitoring it or watching what that trade, like what that like position's doing. And I got out of workhorse with a like with a small loss. But the reason why was like the price action wasn't there. Like that's not what I anticipated. It didn't follow my strategy, my plan that I had laid out. And so I was out of it. And that was speculation. 
And and that's like loose. That's like me being loose with my strategies, understanding that like I expect speculation to go have really big volatile days. But like if I'm getting like multiple red days in a row and it's just tanking, volumes leaving, and then the updates aren't as big, and especially on like a short squeeze style speculation stock, I'm gonna get out of that. Like there's no reason to be holding, especially a contract when I'm just know I'm gonna lose that value really like faster than I'd want. So I hopped out of it with the loss and I'm fine. I'm like, eh. Like whatever, like yep. I didn't, I didn't win on speculation, big deal. Like, but my other, my other trades did excellent. Like, I was fine with that. So I, I think that's like something that people also like fail to pay attention to is like, what kind of trade are you in, and are you like actively trying to trade your strategies to fit whatever mold it is like in right now? Like, if you're like in a really tight trade, but all of a sudden starts going south, you're like, oh no, now it's speculation. Now I think it's going to go back up twice as much as it's gone down. Well, then like you're going to be, you're going to be a loser. Like you're going to be sitting with a bad loss. And it's going to feel really bad for however long it takes for it to recover, if it ever does. But yeah, so psychological stuff. Yeah, I think going back to discipline. Yeah, I think discipline's huge. And a lot of people are realizing that they probably don't have the discipline, at least in their trading experience, uh, necessary to like mitigate those emotions and those losses ultimately. you have for people who are trying to get a grip on they're trying to build some kind of discipline uh, I, I goal think practice setting. what would you say to goal setting yeah goal setting first and foremost goal setting all right first i want to be a millionaire start with goal setting <laughs> <laughs> how you okay yeah like, i don't you know, know it's like how are you gonna make your first ten thousand dollars right yeah. is if you're i'm just thinking like start small realistic you know i work with students so it's something i have to do with them all the time it's just like your goal setting you are, you know, like simple things, like it could be, they do grades all the time, but like, you know, I'm starting to get them to think like on you personally, like what, how you're doing stuff your day to day and being productive and not falling behind your work. Like what are simple goals you can set for that? Yeah. Right. Cause you, once you get to that point where, you know, deadlines are not an issue for you anymore, then you can expand your goals and be more ambitious. But if you're going to start from like in the negative on your day to day, then it's like, I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> like my kids think that, right? They're like, I'm going to start a clothing line. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you going to like? Okay. Then this is like, show me what your pair of socks look like or something, right? Like, show me something good. Don't show me what you're, you know, like they're like, I'm going to have this huge brand. It's going to have this huge following. And I'm like, dude, no. Like socks. We don't wear socks in yeah. the future. Yeah. They're like, little yachty. He's going to, he's going to promote this. Little yachty. Like, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking what about? Kind of sponsorship? Yeah. I had a lot of kids. Yeah. A lot of kids were saying specifically designer clothes. I was like, where are you coming from? What do you do? Do you spend yeah, time designing these? Like, what do you do? It's interesting. Never yeah. even heard of that. Hanging it's around big, malls a, all the time. It's a what? big one. A lot of them who don't have any idea what they want to do, designer clothes. Why? A lot. Like, I've had a lot of kids the last few years that that's what they want to do is fashion. They just need to be more, they just need to be, ex, they need more exposure. Exposure. They need, to, they need light more exposure. There is so much more to life. Than, uh, anyways. All right. But, we're okay, sorry. But I'm saying yeah, a practice of goal setting, right? Because you don't just do it. Uh, you can't just do it with stocks and nowhere else in your life, right? Because that that isn't a habit or a practice that's going to translate well. It isn't going to be something that's going to be sustained if you aren't doing it anywhere else. So if you're just goal setting for stocks, that might last you maybe what? Like it's like two weeks or something and people usually teeter off. It's just like dieting, right? Like when it comes to dieting plans, people usually teeter off about two to four weeks in and they stop. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think like another like habit or something that, that people can start like developing is... Like literally actually spending some of their free time focused on learning how to actually trade. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think having basic understanding of technical skills of like technical tips, things like that will set them up, like set them apart from the average person that's trying to make money in the stock market. I think most people approach it and they just pick out a stock that they like and they think it's going to do well. And that's their premise for their trade as compared to like, oh, like the levels make sense. The volume makes sense. And the price action is like looking like it's in my favor. I'm going to make a trade off that. That's a lot. Like there's a lot to that. Like alone, having a good entry and like knowing when you're going to exit, if things go south or if it's working for in your favor and when you're going to get out. Like I think that's something that like a lot of people don't really grasp. And they're, they keep falling back on like, oh, I'm just going to go the easy way and just pick a stock I think is going to do well. And then they throw these massive positions, which is another thing is like not knowing position sizing and like what is adequate. And what you should be starting out with, given your portfolio size, right? Like if you're someone that's sitting with like a $50,000 portfolio, yeah, you're gonna be able to make bigger trades compared to the guys throwing around a couple thousand dollars. Like it just makes sense. Like why would you throw all your money and risk all of it on one trade when, you know, you could be divvied up in multiple and have it balance out between losses and wins, right? Not ideally having big wins, 
small wins, break even, small losses, right? Like that whole concept and adopting that concept with your trading would set you apart from the average person in my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Uh, I actually went back and uh, started rereading a book, just kind of sharpened my, my pencil a little bit. Um, and it was one of the first books I ever read, which was uh, uh, How to Day Trade for a Living. And it was, uh, I love that book. The book's awesome. Super good. But um, yeah, well, I was doing that on Monday, just kind of like going back over it. And then I still had some dog-eared pages that I referred to back and forth just to kind of hammer something in my brain. And I think doing things like that, it really does kind of put you in the mindset. I think the mindset is probably one of the more important critical factors of being able to get yourself to start doing any of these things. Like if you don't have that mindset in anything that you do, if you don't have the right one, then you're probably going to fail or you'll get lucky. And I think discerning, being able to discern between those two things is pretty important and it's easy to know. It's easy to discern because do you have a mindset? Like, do you have one in place? Mm-hmm. Like, have you act, have you literally fashioned a mindset and put it in your head and just thought that and made it, made it your own. Right. And I think going back to like the lifestyle of like having balance just in general, and I think that applies with like, how does trading fit into your life? Right. And I think I always refer to this one trader that I know, and this individual has like a multi-million dollar portfolio off of trading, but he's been doing it on the side. The entire time. Like it's never been his money maker per se. It's been his job. His mm-hmm. job, which he does on a daily basis, which he's like in the cyber field, that's what he does. Like on a, like that is his focus. And then the stock stuff comes second. But he has that balance, right? And he's like, I'm gonna continue to be like a productive member of this company, but I'm also gonna trade stocks because I enjoy it and it's not gonna like consume my life because then it gets stressful, right? Like if you're like someone that's like, Oh, I'm gonna make trading my life and it's going to be my income. Well, that's going to be very stressful because like you're like, and if you don't understand what that actually looks like, if you actually look at professional traders that do this for a living, like they don't go green every single month, mm-hmm. right? They might have like really good period, like three month period of making like pretty much their year's income and then have like a couple months of like red days or break evens or uh, red months or break evens. And over the year though, they're up, you know, net positive. But during that time period, like they were well aware that they were not going to have like the best days ever per se, but they've managed those expectations and they've adapted to that lifestyle. Whereas if you're someone who like jumps in and is like, yep, I'm gonna be green and like I can start making four to five thousand dollars at least a month. Like, well, that's gonna be difficult, especially if like you're just coming at it and like you have no other like source of income to mm-hmm. like bolster you and keep you alive. <laughs> that's yep, during those red months. You know? Oh, yeah. too is right like joining a community where again the like-minded space helps a lot uh, just for synthesizing information and your decisions and what you're you know looking at other people's call outs and how they're managing it uh, that's a big one and also one that's mainly clutter free that's the yes. big one because there yeah. are free there are free trading communities you can get into but it turns into some real degenerate useless information that's just yeah. a stream of you get a, you know you, like you get off hose. for 30 minutes and there's a hundred messages mm-hmm. and it's it, this is wild you know you're like there's nothing valuable here i don't even know what's going on half of it's people doing ad plugs you know like the bots or something that got in there somehow yeah especially yeah. It was just or oh those noise. be like those be like basically typing their emotions throughout yeah. the day like but like, it's like oh man like it's going south like market sucks what's happening like they're literally posting these types of things in these chats and it's like man you don't need that like you should be focused on you know like the trades like a call out on. of a dip yeah. is a call out for a dip complaining that you're down that your three stocks are down you know 10 percent today that's mm-hmm. a little different yeah like, like be productive with the community right mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing but i mean i guess piggy like piggybacking off of that like we have our discord yep right and i think that's kind of where we're kind of going with it right like we have our own discord it's small it's growing uh we're up i think a little bit over 30 members now we have a lot of great members who have been trading for a while we have a lot of new traders as well and some of them have benefited a lot i think those are the ones i've really adopted 
this idea of like being the quote unquote like untapped trader, mm-hmm. like someone who hasn't done it before but wants to learn, like and starting right with the baby steps and like knowing that there are baby steps you should be taking because yep. you're going to be like getting over a bunch of hurdles that a lot of people just smash into when they're first starting because they don't know what to do like mm-hmm. and they don't know where to start. Yeah, we had a live stream too on trading this week and uh, which was an interesting week because everything was so weird coming back from a holiday. But um, yeah, it was uh, I think it's a good community. It's a good place to kind of like if you don't have a mindset, if you don't know what you're doing, if you have no direction, you know, you have no one, you have no soundboard, you know, like you have nothing to bounce ideas off of. Like, yeah. And I think a lot of people are attracted to, to discord groups that have the expectation that other people are going to just be making call-outs for them and they just follow those trades and they'll be successful. And I think that's a, like, honestly, I think that's more stressful than you taking the reins on your own portfolio mm-hmm. and making trades based on like sound judgment that you're coming to like those conclusions. I think that would be much better than you joining a group with the expectation that, Oh, like there's a better trader in there. I'm just going to follow everything. Cause like one, that trader's probably not making all their call outs on all their trades and all the, all the things that they're doing and their thought processes. Like there's not enough time for that. Mm-hmm. So whereas like if you're the person that wants to actually learn then you're going to be in it for a long haul and you're actually going to find, you know, an actual passion for it. Especially when you start realizing that like there is like a rhyme and reason to what we do. Yeah. And you start recognizing those things through practice. Mm-hmm. And what better way than to use other people's experience as practice, you know? Like oh, yeah. And literally watching other people succeed or fail around you, but you have to you actually get to understand why. Yeah. And I, I think one of the other things that people don't like realize is a lot of really successful traders weren't successful when they started. Mm-hmm. And I'd say up until like frankly that the past like half decade, this was like a largely a field that wasn't really looked into, especially for the average person. And now that we have, you know, things like Robinhood, TD Ameritrade and other platforms, brokers that allow you to just trade freely, basically like literally almost for free. Um, obviously people want to get it, like get involved, but like one of the books we, like, that Jake actually like pulled up one time was, uh, what was it? Unknown market wizards. It's a really good read because it goes into a lot of different traders that like focus on different parts of the market, might be in commodities, might be in the stock market, might be in futures, things like that. But what a lot of those traders experience in their first time going out on this is they blew up multiple portfolios that they had. Like they like, and they were big. Like some of them would lose like twenty, thirty thousand on the, like their initial portfolios, and then would just restart and repeat the process, learn from it, and now they're successful because of all these experiences. But like what our discord offers is, well, why do you have to start like with a crash course of like burning to the ground multiple times, potentially why don't you just start with a good, like clean slate, learn, make small bets, right? Not bets necessarily, but making small trades, starting small learning in the process, and then effectively like mitigating any type of mess ups that you have because you're being smart about it. And then over time, gaining that experience and in the process, you're not having any big setbacks like other big names have had, yeah. but well, I, I think a big, I'm glad we're talking about this because there, a lot of the books too will speak to like healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. to support trading, but that's the end of it, right? And if you were to join those communities, they're not even they're not tra- like you know showing people how to do this or what you know like there's not a lot of information on that, right? And so I think that's another unique thing is you know as I think we start rolling stuff out for you know personal health and things i think that would be that's a unique feature right of our community is just here are ways to better yourself so you're better at trading right right and so like because again like the actually like the lifestyle trader right being an untapped trader all of that stuff i think there's a you go there's more than just your prowess with technical analysis Mm-hmm. It's well beyond yeah. that. And and I think like another thing too is like having discussions with people who do trade and figuring out like what your trading style is. I think that's something that a lot of people overlook a lot. And it's like, yeah, I want to be a day trader. It's like, well, what does, what does that mean? Because like a lot of day mm-hmm. traders, they're like watch like they're watching the market every single day and they're just looking at stocks all, all, all the time. But there's other day traders who will be like, all right, I'm watching a specific few. And when they start triggering where I want them to trigger, I'll start trading, right? And that's a very more relaxed approach to trading. And then you have swing traders who are willing to hold positions for a longer period of time, right? So I, I think that kind of tapers your expectations for how much commitment you're going to have to put into like, you know, research, things like that. And it also kind of eases up on like that, going back to that like balance in life and being able to prioritize everything efficiently while also having this, you know, trading, investing journey on the side 
that's very manageable and frankly enjoyable. And I think that's ultimately what people want is an enjoyable experience. Yeah. That's why I like that. Uh, I really like that. How to day trade for a living series. That guy who makes the, he has like three or four books now, I think, mm-hmm. but, uh, he takes a very, he kind of like initiates a strategy by saying, this is a strategy that I've developed and there are many other strategies. And it's like, kind of opens up your mind to the idea that it's like, yeah, it isn't just looking at charts and drawing lines and picking numbers, mm-hmm. you know, like there's like legitimate, I think he even prefers more of a swing trade strategy, even though I think his two most popular books are over day trading specifically. Oh yeah. But, um, he even kind of mentions like, I'm more of a swing trader than a day trader. And you know, oh, that's yeah. important to kind of recognize those things. Oh yeah. And I think also the, one of the other things too, which is important to mention is like with those styles is like when you're looking at other people, I think it's really like, it can be detrimental by looking at too many other traders and expecting the same results, right? Like by picking up their style. Like for example, I know people who are really big into options. I don't like options. I think options are very volatile and it's a lot, there's a lot more risk involved and I'm just not comfortable with that. Cause one, it stresses me out. And then two, like <laughs> I do just fine trading stocks and I typically do much better because once I start getting into options, like all the emotions start creeping out and I'm well aware of that. And that's why I just don't do it very much. I still do option plays. I'll do leaps, things like that. But like people who day trade options and stuff, it's very stressful because like you can have 10, 15% swings, like in a matter of like minutes, yep. which is nuts. So, and like some people do really well. And I don't think if you want to be that person, then you have to have those expectations going into it, that there's a lot more on the table that you're going to be putting up. So, whereas like trading stocks or, you know, something like that, like an asset where you control that asset is going to be a little bit more manageable, especially for the beginner trader. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that being said, you have to like taper your expectations of returns and understand that like a three to 5% return is just as good, right? For you as it is for someone who's trading options and is getting like anywhere from 30 to 40% mm-hmm. returns. Cause like there's just a lot more on the table when you're doing one thing over the other. Right. So for sure. There was one other book that I kind of want to mention called nudge. Yeah. It's a good one. Just as far as like being able to almost like diagnose your own issues or decisions you might be making about yourself that may not be the best that you aren't even aware of. Yeah. I think all three of us read that one, right? Yeah, Jake uh, mentioned yeah. that to us a while back. And yeah. He was one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, good reads. Yeah, I think The Power of Habit. Yes. Yeah, I read that one. I highly recommend that for people. And it's basically the ability to, one, like identify all your habits, which ones are actually killers towards like your lifestyle, things like that. And then being able to basically like restart uh, and become more effective in terms of habits and like habitualizing things that are good for you that are going to push you further while also getting out of the bad habits. So I think it's a really good read, and I think it applies to trading as well as just lifestyle in general. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty easy to read, honestly. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy reads. We'll have to put those in the notes or something. Yeah, definitely. Tag those books in there for you so you don't have to write them down while driving. Y'all have anything? No, I think we're good. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty good. I think the lifestyle topic is something that we can definitely delve into a lot more. Uh, I think there's a whole lot of aspects, especially when it applies to trading. I think other people, especially given where the market's sitting and how people have been doing this year, I think a lot of people are going to want to hear more about this topic and we go into more details based on what people want to actually hear us discuss. Yeah. And if you're one of those people who may be feeling that burnout yourself, I mean, this episode's kind of for you. So reach out to us if you have questions. Like if you're feeling burnout, there's a reason and you can find out what that reason is and take care of it pretty quickly if you really want to. Yep. And can start continuing your trading journey. Yeah. So with that being said, feel free to follow us on social media. We have a Twitter we have Facebook group, and then we also have our Instagram. We are we just passed 700 followers, so we've been getting a lot of really good feedback on that. Yep, and we're also ramping up the Twitter. So if y'all have suggestions as to something y'all might want to see from us on that platform in particular, let us know. Yep, yeah, we're, we're driven by our members as far as the content and what they want to see. So right now on Instagram, if you want daily updates on this big news feeds, we put headliners up on a regular basis, like usually two to three a day. And then we have a lot of free educational content, like really simple pic- like pictures that you can save for later for like future reference that go over different technical tips, go over trade patterns, things like that, uh, as well as like motivational posts. And uh, ultimately, we always like to market ourselves and uh, include our Discord and highly recommend it to you, um, especially if you're a new trader, um, even an experienced trader, and you want to kind of join a Discord that doesn't have as much unnecessary chatter and you know, topics that aren't really beneficial towards your trading experience. And real technical data. Yep. 
And then as always, continue to tune into our podcast as we discuss a variety of topics from what's going on and the latest and greatest topics, whether it's meme stocks, crypto, who the number one draft pick in your NFL fantasy draft for 2021 should be. Yep. Dalvin Cook. And just a uh, lifestyle of traders. So with that being said, y'all have a good one.